0: Hey folks, Andy Patton here, joined today by College Hoops analyst Tobias Bass. Tobias and I are going to discuss LSU transfer Efton Reed, 2023 2023 Gonzaga commit Dusty Stromer, and the rumors regarding Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCullough, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. And that is what we are going to be doing today. I am thrilled to be joined today by Tobias. Tobias is a recruiting analyst for the College Hoops site Zags blog. He also writes, at NBC Sports Edge and was the big newsbreaker for Efton Reed's commitment to Gonzaga. Tobias, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the show today.
1: No problem, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course, of course. So the Zags, their whole offseason has been kind of centered around who are they going to add to the front court. You know, we knew Chet Holmgren was going to be gone. We're still unsure on Drew Timmy, but obviously he has declared for the NBA draft and at this time is quite possibly going to be moving on. Uh, The Zags were connected to Daz Amac. They were connected to Johnny Broom. They were connected to basically every big man uh, that was out there in the portal. uh, Ended up with Efton Reed. What can you tell me about who Efton Reed is and his fit in Spokane?
1: He's a former five-star recruit player. He's really, really talented. I don't think that he was able to display his full talent at LSU. You know, him coming in as a freshman, it is hard. It's it's definitely a big uh, learning curve. But I think that, I mean, far as some of the transfers that was available, I mean, this is probably the best pairing, I think, especially if Timmy does decide to come back. I think that him and Timmy will look Really, really good together because I think a lot of people don't know. Efton Reed can pass. He's a he's a mm-hmm. he's a he's a very good high high IQ player. and I think that you could even see some potential high lows with him and Timmy. Maybe Timmy down low scoring mm-hmm. the ball, or you could even see it the other way around. I think uh, Efton Reed even has some ability where he can maybe, maybe even stretch the floor down mm-hmm. the line. Um, so I definitely like this fit for Gonzaga, and I think that you're seeing them go after a lot of defensive players. You know, over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, I think teams. People have said that you know Gonzaga soft. You know they can really score, but they're not tough enough. Well, they're getting some of these tough, defensive-minded players. At least they're trying to go after them. So I think that you're going to see a really another really good Gonzaga team. Maybe even a team that can even win the Natty.
0: Yeah, I, I think with Reed, the people who you know weren't as familiar with college basketball, they looked up the numbers. The numbers certainly don't pop off the page the way that Amax or Broom's numbers would have popped off the page, but. I think you, you look at a guy who didn't do a ton of outside shooting, and I think that's right. the big concern that a lot of people have is, like, can he stretch the floor? Like you said, if you watch some tape, he he may not be a great outside shooter yet, but he has some feel away from the rim. He's not right. somebody that you just have to stick under the basket because, yeah, that would that would be an issue if, if you yeah, yeah. were to return and these two guys both are just clogging up the middle of the lane. But uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do think – he looks like a player who's more capable of playing away from the rim than maybe his first season indicated.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Gonzaga's developmental system. Obviously we've talked so much about, you know, the the Zags have this tremendous reputation for churning out bigs who, who turn into absolute superstars. Kelly Olenek is probably the, the most notable early example of that, but you've seen it with Brandon Clark. You've seen it with Kyle Wilcher. You've seen it with, even lesser known guys like Jonathan Williams uh, and now you're you're talking about a guy like Efton Reed who he's probably not coming over to be a one and done guy who's here for one season and then looks to the NBA maybe that happens in which case great probably more likely to happen if Drew Timmy doesn't return but do you think that the Gonzaga's kind of reputation for developing bigs was part of the reason that this fit made some sense for Reed
1: oh well, yeah I think I think it had a big reason why I mean look at the NBA play NBA bigs Mm-hmm. They put they put in they put in the NBA. You have Brandon Clark. You have right. uh, Kelly Olynyk. You have um, Zach Collins. You I mean the list goes on and on. Especially the last let's say decade or so. Yeah. So I think that he went to the perfect fit for him. Someone that's going to develop him, take the time with him, but bring him up to speed. Especially, you know, last year he didn't play as well as I think he wanted to. I think you're going to get a very motivated Efton Reed, mm-hmm. which could be a very this could be dangerous not only for the WCC but for the country as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100. percent I think. Uh, it was Gonzaga fans were starting to get a little restless because
1: yeah. <laughs> you know
0: we hadn't seen anybody coming into the roster. We had some, still have some tremendous uncertainty about who is leaving the roster. And I think that I kind of got the sense from some fans, at least that that people maybe viewed Reed as a bit more of a, of a consolation prize uh, to some of those other bigs who, uh, you know, Broom went to Auburn, obviously, Amac went to Texas Tech. Uh, but for me, it feels like he actually fits a little bit better. Especially if Drew Timmy returns. And we kind of touched on that a little bit. And I don't I certainly don't know if you have any inside information on Timmy. Uh, but I felt like this was a move that that helps set the Zags up either way, whether Drew Timmy returns or whether Drew Timmy leaves, they kind of have a good option that works. Is that, does that make sense? Does that feel kind of like how, the, how this could work with Reed?
1: You know, I think that definitely makes sense whether he does, whether Timmy does or does not come back. You just set yourself up in a good spot because, you know, you, there's, there's no guarantees in this sport. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure you put yourself in the, with your best foot forward. And he's, like I said, he's really talented. He's a player that, you know, you get him in, get him in the off season, get him up to speed. You probably could even run off and through him at some point. And then you guys mm-hmm. are going to have good guards. You're going to bring, hopefully bring back some of them back. You have a couple of guys coming in. So mm-hmm. I think that he's a, he's a nice fit whether he does or doesn't come back. But if Timmy comes back, I mean, that pain right there is going to be one that I think going to be one of the best big man duos in the country.
0: Absolutely. I think they would be they would be outstanding if they were paired together. You talked a little bit on the defense. I kind of wanted to to touch on that a little bit more, because again, people who are, are just learning about Efton Reed, this is you know maybe the third or fourth time they've even heard his name, and now they're trying to figure out who is this guy, what's he going to look like? You look at the stats, you, you go to college reference, and you just look at the numbers. You're not getting a full picture of who he is, because I think a lot of his impact, at least in his first season at LSU, and a lot of what his impact will be at Gonzaga is on the defensive end of the floor. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of athlete he is on that side of the floor?
1: I think that some people, they were nervous about uh, the fouls. I think they saw mm-hmm. it. I think it was outrageous. But you look at any typical, any freshman bigs foul count, it's going to be mm-hmm. high. I mean, it's it's, it's, yep. a, it's a gigantic learning curve. It's going against guys that are more experienced, bigger, stronger, sometimes maybe even more athletic. So when they mm-hmm. just rely strictly off their talent, they likely might foul. You look at... Um, even some of Gonzaga's bigs over the past couple of years, they they're when they're fresh and they're fouling a lot. Was, you know, that, some of that number was in the seventh, you know, but the per mm-hmm. 48. So I think that he'll he might not be the biggest, most explosive, shot blocking athlete. And I and I don't think it's fair to compare him to a guy like Chet Homer, but I think that he can just be solid. He's six eleven, long arms, and he is a good athlete. I think that if you just show him just certain techniques you know you're big, bro. You don't have to foul, you don't have to swipe down every time. Just keep your hands up. There's going to be a good con- shot, good contest pretty much anywhere, any, any, against any athlete you go against. So, and he has good instincts. So, I think mm-hmm. that if you get him in that offseason, him get it, get some, get a little bit stronger, a little bit more confident, I think that he could be a, a plus defender for the for Gonzaga.
0: Absolutely, I. You mentioned the foul thing, and it makes me think of Zach Collins. so I think referees are yeah. still calling fouls on Zach Collins. Right. From the right. freshman year, uh, he, he had so many issues with that. But Gonzaga has developed. I, I also think about Shemek Karnowski, a guy who who yeah. was the foul machine when he was younger, <laughs> and certainly he was a very big-bodied guy and had a hard time figuring out how to utilize his size. And Gonzaga has has developed bigs to to be good in that area. So well, and obviously, Chad right. Holm was a bit of an anomaly because he was good at it as a freshman, which is extraordinarily right. rare. Uh, but for Reed, like seeing him continue to develop in that way, uh, and and potentially learning from Drew Timmy, uh, if not, obviously, he's going to come in as as not the most experienced big on the roster because right. they have Anton Watson, but he's certainly going to be the the primary rim protector. And I, I'm not sure that he's fully ready for that responsibility in year two, but. I think he's a guy that, like you said, the staff's got an entire summer to work with this right. guy to get him up to speed on what he can be defensively. And I think looking at what he did at LSU, I mean, the dude started 34 games for LSU. Right. Like, We're not talking about a guy who's completely inexperienced. That's a lot right. of experience right. in the power conference like against some really, really good teams. So I'm very excited to see what he can do on that
1: end of the floor. Yeah, and people forget he was on one of the best defensive teams in the country. I don't think they would have been starting in at center if, that, if they felt that he was such a liability defensively.
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. Tobias, thanks for joining me today to talk about Efton Reed. We're going to switch to talking about Dusty Stromer in the second segment, Gonzaga's latest addition to the class of, first edition and latest edition to the class of 2023. So one hour, one hour after Gonzaga landed Efton Reed, they also landed Dusty Stromer. It was a very, very sleepy Sunday until suddenly it was not a sleepy Sunday for Gonzaga fans <laughs> to land Reed and to land Stromer. We kind of knew both these things were coming down the pipeline to have them happen one after another. Was For me, as somebody who was about to do a Mailbag Monday episode, I was thrilled that we had some stuff to actually talk about. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about Stromer. A four-star combo guard, Sherman Oaks, California, has been connected to the Zags for a super long time. Mm-hmm. He felt to me like a zag, not just because he's got the floppy hair that has come with so many other Gonzaga greats uh, through the last 20 years, but certainly seems to have the game that fits with Gonzaga. What are your thoughts uh, on his game?
1: I think he's a really confident shooting guard. He really can score. And what I like about him is is just his poise. I, I saw him last summer for the 16th EYBL Championship game against Drive Nation, one of the best teams in Texas. They were Mm -hmm. struggling down the lane. They were going a few minutes without scoring. And, you know, that team is loaded. They had Jared McCain. They had uh, Colin Boswell. They had a really good team. But Mm -hmm. he was able to uh, make some big shots and big plays down the stretch to get to to him for them to even win that game. So I definitely like Mm -hmm. his poise. And it's just, he just reeks with confidence. You know, sometimes people may say it's a bad thing, but in this sport of basketball, you have to be confident. And I don't think he lacks that in any stretch of the word. So I think that he'll be Mm -hmm. a, a good fit with the I don't think he'll be a one or maybe even a two and done type of player. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could be there three or if not four years, but which which is fine. You know, Corey Kisper did something like that in a similar way. I think he'll mm-hmm. kinda of fit in that mold as far as how long he'll be there.
0: He compared himself to Corey Kisper too. I, I don't remember who he okay. was speaking to, um, but I remember he was talking and he compared himself to Corey Kisper. He said that's kind of who he aspires to be. Obviously, Corey quite quite notably came back for his fourth year uh, when he was probably going to get drafted after his junior year or at least would have gotten signed. He came back one of the few people who has boosted who boosted significantly his draft stock into his senior year. So I don't know if that's going to be obviously the path for Dusty. It's way too early to tell. But the fact that he kind of wants to emulate somebody who did go on a four-year plan Mm -hmm. is certainly uh, some optimism for the Zags if uh, they're fans who are looking to actually get some players who are going to stick around for a little bit. One of the things that Stromer mentioned as well was he talked about the fast paced offense of Gonzaga Mm -hmm. and, you know, Gonzaga's former assistant coach Tommy Lloyd at Arizona run the two, two of the fastest paced offenses in college basketball. I'm curious your thoughts just on how, that helps them from a recruiting perspective obviously there are some some ways that we have seen the the fast pace for Gonzaga certainly trip them up it tripped them up in the Arkansas game and has tripped them up in in previous games as well Uh, but for a kid like Stromer like do you think it makes the most sense to be in an offense with a little bit more creativity allowing a little bit more free-flowing for his game
1: yeah definitely I think it definitely helps him a lot I mean you look at even some of the offenses in the big 12 you know some of Mm -hmm. the offenses they're kind of they're kind of born to watch and it's kind of a mm-hmm. first to score first to 60 kind of wins. And a lot of kids don't want to yeah. play that way. It's not, it's yeah. not fun, especially coming from an offense where they didn't play like that. It's just a massive adjustment. So I think for Stromer, him playing with basically two five-star guards in AAU that mm-hmm. you'll be prepared for that type of fast. Cause they run a similar offense there and they mm-hmm. they like to get up and down the floor. So I think that'll definitely prepare him well. And I can see it where he's probably a trail in a scenario and whoever the point mm-hmm. guard is at the time, they just kick it out to him for three after three after three. So I could definitely mm-hmm. I definitely could see that being a scenario. So I think this offense fits him well and it's and it's a it's a it's a, it's a, a massive recruiting tool. I think that kids mm-hmm. they, they want to play fast. So
0: mm-hmm. well that that, that kind of leads into my next question, which is like I've always thought that it was a pretty tremendous advantage for Gonzaga, too, that, hey, you can come here, you can be a little bit more creative offensively, you can uh, get out in transition, certainly for for specific players. Obviously, Jalen Suggs was a great example, but even a guy like Roz Bolton, who transferred from Iowa State because he's super freaking fast and he wanted to just get up and down the court, and that was what kind of happened. So it feels to me like Gonzaga should be able to have some of these advantages, But at least this recruiting cycle has been really difficult for the Zags. They have one player committed in the class of 2022. That's four-star forward Braden Huff, who's a stretch four. Mm -hmm. Stromer's the first commit in the class of 2023. Obviously, he's a highly rated kid, so it's a nice pickup for them. But I'm wondering if you have any thoughts as to why, or if it's maybe just a preference thing, if is being super picky about who they want uh, in these next two recruiting classes. I also know that, High school recruiting has just kind of taken a hit with what's going on with the transfer portal. So I'm wondering if it's some combination of those things or if you have any other thoughts on maybe why Gonzaga seems to be
1: uh, not adding a
0: whole lot of high school kids right now.
1: I think it's definitely a combination of things, which you said. I think that a lot of colleges, they're about their portal life. They're really Mm -hmm. about their portal. I was talking to a college coach in October. He was like A.T., don't mm-hmm. send me any more high school kids. We're all about the portal. I was like, "Damn, it's October." He was like, "No, nah, we're about that portal." I was like, no, "Kids aren't even in the portal." Yet. He said, "Trust me, they will be." And yeah. lo and behold, they already have over fourteen hundred kids at one point that was in there. So yeah. I think it has something to do with that. And you know, Gonzaga—they do well with those older, older mm-hmm. guards, especially at that position. That—that's a position yeah. where they like to get old, and 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 it mm-hmm. makes sense for you to old wins in college basketball past twenty mm-hmm. years. We've, never, we've only seen one team with predominantly freshman starters win. That was that Duke mm-hmm. team with Justice Winslow and Local for. So yeah. with that being said, high school, high school recruits, they're definitely going to be a part of it. And I think the transfer portal is a little bit blown out of proportion, but yeah. it's, like the new, it's like the new pretty girl at school. You know, she or she's hot. But once yeah. you get seeing her for a while, oh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll get over it for right now. The transfer yeah. part is smoking hot, and that, that is going to be a big – I think it's changed college basketball like nothing we've ever seen before.
0: Yeah, it's been absolutely unreal this this off season to just to see, like you said, fourteen hundred kids uh, in the portal wow. before May first. Uh, like, it's been absolutely bananas, and I do wonder how much it's going to continue to impact those high school kids because, like you said, the pendulum is probably going to swing back in another direction well, here soon, and yeah, eventually, yeah. It's, it'll level itself out because this has been absolutely absurd. But, like. Part of my curiosity is, are we going to see more high school kids have to settle for going to, I say have to, like settling for, for lower level division one programs when maybe in the past they would have gotten a, a power five offer. And now they're going to go to play at a, you know, a, a WCC school or, a, you know, a lower level an a son school or something like that. And then after one or two very excellent seasons, they're just going to move on. And, and it's kind of a bummer for those mid-major schools, but it feels yeah. to me like. That might be the direction we're headed, unless, of course, somebody actually wakes up and, and starts to implement some policy here.
1: Yeah, I I think to answer your question, if I was a mid major,
0: mm-hmm. you're
1: not you're not you're those top 100 kids, those upper echelon, mm-hmm. they're not they're not mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Yeah, but if you're a mid major and get those high three star, maybe even a low four star, I think you yeah. may have a chance, especially with yeah. all these coaching changes. I'm I'm actually trying to help a kid now. He had a Mississippi State, uh, Florida Gulf mm-hmm. Coast, Ole Miss. Georgia off out of high school, mm-hmm. all those colleges, they had coaching changes. So he's kind of stuck in limbo and he's, and he's a 2022. 20, so yeah, he's wow. trying to find, he's trying to find a school right now. And I told him, you know, I get, it's not the most ideal, but one, we have to be self-aware that's an mm-hmm. aspect of life one, but then mm-hmm. two, you may have to go down a level instead of you mm-hmm. going to Georgia, you mm-hmm. might have to go to like Georgia state. Right. That might, that might be, you know, your path. I said, everyone's path is different, but I said, they're all about their part of life, bro. Georgia state is losing players. You know, they're Mm -hmm. losing players. I said, you probably can go into a program like that and probably play immediately. So you have to keep those things in mind. So I do think that it may affect some people's decisions. And I tell, I I tweeted about it a couple of months ago. I said, I think you're going to see a bunch of 2023s come off the board early and they Mm -hmm. are because, yeah, you know, if you, if you have a school in mind, I would commit because if, Something happens that you can't foresee. You mm-hmm. might not be able to go to their school anymore. Like, a, a Memphis might get a Kendrick Davis. They don't. They may not want you anymore. That, that yeah. that's real. So if you yeah. have the school, then that may be the fifth year. I would I would probably go ahead and commit. It might not be a better option for you coming through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes so much sense for these kids to just just get get somewhere because it's so much easier to move. And like we say, easier in in the sense that you don't have to sit out a year, but it's not easy right. to uproot your right. life and transfer your credits and like some of that stuff is, is complicated obviously but right. I could understand like okay I'm just going to go to Georgia State and I'm going to you know average 17 a game as a freshman and then like look at how many options kids like that look at Johnny yeah. Bloom. you know he's at Moorhead yeah. State he has a couple of good years and now he could he could have gone anywhere he could have gone yeah. anywhere Dawes, AMAC could have gone anywhere, you know, yeah. and it took those guys a couple of years to develop, but there are plenty of dudes who are having one good season at a mid-major and then their options just become endless. And I think this will probably change eventually. I, I'm not sure how it's going to shake out, but it seems to make sense to me that some of these kids are just going to be like, well, I'm just going to go dominate for one. It's basically, it's not it's not an extra year of high school, but it's another yeah. year that teams get to look at you in a different setting. And then maybe you can go uh, be a little bit more attractive to some of those big, pro- big programs.
1: I'll even do this I won't give any names there are certain schools they're telling kids hey come to my program for a year you can transfer after mm-hmm. they they're they're using they're using the portal in a different mm-hmm. they're flipping it on the kid oh you can come you can come to such and such school with me and mm-hmm. we'll put you you're gonna play immediately you're gonna do all these things then you can transfer we just want you here for a year some yeah. some kid that some programming this it's more than you think they're using it as a recruiting tool so mm-hmm. I think that if, if I'm a I wouldn't if I'm a mid major of course you want them to stay longer but right. you may ha- you may have a shot with a higher recruited kid simply mm-hmm. just because he may not he may not have somewhere to go
0: Right. Well, and it makes sense, too, if you're a coach and you're you know, your biggest aspiration is to win as many games as possible and to make the NCAA tournament like right. WCCs, is maybe not a great example because it's, it's really hard to make the NCAA tournament out of that conference. Right. But if you're in the you know, one of the if you're in the even like the Big Sky or the Big West, yeah, I'm, I'm West Coast guy. So obviously I'm thinking out here. But like if you could just bring in two or three higher level recruits than you normally get, your chances of going to the NCAA tournament explode they go up really high right. yeah you might lose all those kids the next year but if you do that two three years in a row then as a coach you're like
1: right. now i'm
0: gonna you know it's then it's my turn <laughs> i'm gonna go right. somewhere right. Else. i don't know that that's great for like you college basketball in general i don't know if it's good right. for like fans of that team are probably not loving like hey for three years i didn't recognize anybody on the team and then the coach left <laughs> like that's that's probably not great. Right. But I can understand why a coach would want to do that. Like, that makes sense to me. The, the system right now is set up for them to do
1: that. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely does like that. Like I said before, I think that it's blown a little mm-hmm. out of proportion, but it's just it's just so – I mean, you even look at the NCAA tournament, like the championship game. Mm-hmm. You had – so there were two players that transferred that played significant minutes. You had Brady Manick and Remy Martin. Everyone mm-hmm. else was pretty much there for however many years they were there there wasn't Mm -hmm. that many I think Villanova they were in the final four they didn't have any yeah so so you you look at it from that perspective that you got two kids two and then Remy Martin he struggled and some of that was due to injury but he came off the bench right yeah in in in, in a perfect world he would have started because he wasn't hurt but nonetheless with the circumstances that happened he struggled he was Mm -hmm. hurt he came off the bench so you have a transfer reporter that started and one kid that comes off the bench so Mm-hmm. There, 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 there it goes. That, that, I could use it as an example of why I think it could be overrated as, yep. of, as of today.
0: That makes sense. All right, guys, so we're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to talk about another transfer. We're going to talk about Texas Tech's Kevin McCuller. He's been connected to Gonzaga. We're going to talk about that fit there, what that might look like. Before we get there, though, I want to tell the listeners about today's sponsor, Bet Online. The 2022 NCAA tournament is in the books with the win secured by Bill Self and the Jayhawks of Kansas. While the Zags unfortunately fell short of the game's final week, that does not mean fans cannot remain in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. From all the latest latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still here with Tobias Bass. Tobias, Efton Reed committed, Dusty Stromer committed within an hour of each other on Sunday afternoon. And then shortly after that, you had a tweet indicating that Kevin McCullough, a 6'6 wing from Texas Tech, who's in the NBA draft, he has declared he is looking at a professional route, but he has indicated if he is returning to college, it is going to be one of two programs Gonzaga and Kansas can you give me a little bit on who this kid is for fans who maybe haven't seen him outside of maybe one or two
1: games uh, just what kind of player he is I mean he's a he's a grinder he's a, I mean I remember when he first got to Texas campers he I think he got there I think he got there a year early mm-hmm. man he, he I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not gonna lie to Andy he was bad <laughs> uh, I, I, I there was no way I thought that he was gonna be able to play in the big 20 yeah. he really really struggle but I respect him. I mean, he's he stayed yeah. and he really worked his butt off and he just got better and he got better. His confidence grew and then now he's become now he's become a really good player for Texas Tech. He'll even make some money playing basketball one day. But mm-hmm. he's a really good, a really good defender. He can play multiple positions. Um, good finisher around the basket. Really high IQ kid. I think that if he was to go to Gonzaga, I think he'd be a really, really good player. I know mm-hmm. he wants to take a little bit more shots. And I think he wants to play predominantly point guard as well. Mm-hmm. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for. But I've, I've been told, I think he's, as of today, I think he's leaning towards Kansas, which would make sense. They need a veteran guard. They don't have any, they have a bunch of redshirt guys. So mm-hmm. I think, as of today, I think he's leaning towards Kansas. But mm-hmm. on the flip side is, if he goes there, I think Tyrese Hunter would, I think that he would be, with I think he, I could see him going to Gonzaga. I could see that for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to ask with McCullough um, before we get into Tyrese Hunter, which was my final topic. Um, do you think he's more, it sounds like Kansas over Gonzaga at this point, but do you think he's leaning, staying in the. Obviously, he hasn't gotten all of the intel he's going to get from NBA scouts. Mm-hmm. He's got until, I believe, June 1st to make a decision in that regard. Uh, but do you think he's the kind of guy who's got a realistic shot at getting drafted, or is it more likely that? He would be an undrafted guy, or more likely that he returns to school and, and tries to work on some of that stuff before trying it out next year.
1: I, I think he has a shot to get drafted. I mean, I think this mm-hmm. draft is very top heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think. I think those middle guys. Even I say, I think it's kind of just a wash. So, mm-hmm. I've been told that he's been going up board slowly. As of today, he'd be like a, a like a late second round pick. But I, I guess when him getting drafted it just kind of depends on what position he's going to be. And I'm guessing they're marking him as a point guard. So that would be mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, the other question with with uh, McCuller is is how his fit would look at Gonzaga. And it kind of depends on Julian Strother, another guy who's yeah. in the draft, who's a similar size, although obviously he doesn't play point guard. He's he's more distinctly a wing. Um, do you think that there's a fit for McCuller if Strother returns? Do you think it would only happen if he doesn't return? Uh, you mentioned he could play some point guard. Obviously, the Zags are probably hoping that Nolan Hickman or potentially Tyrese Hunter will be the, the primary point guard no, next no. year.
1: Um, I think, I think that he could play with strong. I think he uh, mm-hmm. um, came out, he's versus, I mean, he played pretty much one through four at certain times with tech. So I think that he could play mm-hmm. all those positions. I think it would just kind of be what he want to do that. Or what would, you know, what would coach few want him to do specifically? I do know he wants to take on more responsibility as a ball handler. So mm-hmm. I think that he could do it, but I think that you guys, as offense, you guys would have more than one guard, that could bring it up and run the offense. So he would yeah. just have to be okay with that. But I think between Kansas or, Mm -hmm. Gonzaga, he would have to do that. He understands that. So I think that Mm -hmm. he definitely could fit in with Strata if he decided to come back. Yeah. Gonzaga,
0: the two teams that they've had that have gone to the national championship have started two point guards. They're very familiar with with doing that if they need to, which actually kind of leads to the last point. If McCullough doesn't come to Gonzaga, or even if he does, I suppose, the Zags still have a, a realistic chance of landing Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. Uh, I've talked about him a handful of times already on the podcast. Fans are very interested in what he would bring to this team. Uh, he's not, at least he was not, as a freshman, a particularly great outside shooter, but yeah. he's an incredible distributor. He's got, his, his steal numbers are really, really high, a decent score as well. For a team that has started multiple point guards in the past, Do you think there is a way the Zags could, could utilize Hunter in a way alongside Nolan Hickman, alongside Hunter Salas, who's more of a combo guard. Do yeah. you think they could find a way to make that work? Uh, or, or is there a potential log jam situation if Hunter wanted to come to GU?
1: Yeah, I think they can make it work. And man, if you, if you could put Hickman and Silas and Hunter mm-hmm. somewhere, God, they, they would be tough. Would have, <laughs> yeah. That would, that would, that would be amazing. I would, I would love, love to see this as a you know fan of the game, but mm-hmm. I think they could work. I think he has some Monte Morris in this game, obviously, I got to see him play in person a couple of times, especially yeah. during the pandemic when he was a senior. He's a really good player. He can, he can shoot a little bit, he can shoot a little bit better than he showed this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I would want, I, I think he'll come back as a much improved jump shooter, but I think it'll work.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: they would, they would just be really, they would, that would be really, really hard to stop. That mm-hmm. would be, they're going to be, they would really be dynamic in the half court.
0: So where do you, where, where do you kind of read the tea leaves on Tyrese Hunter right now? I, I know you mentioned kind of might depend a little bit what McCollar's is doing. Yeah. Um, but kind of, do you have a sense on, on what Hunter's kind of looking at uh, when looking for his next team?
1: I think, I mean, Kansas and Zag, I think it may be kind of a race almost. I want yeah. to who commits, who commits first type of thing. I, I yeah. can see that, but um, I, I know, you, I know he posted a list earlier, but for me, that the makes the most sense would just would be Kansas and Kansas. and Gonzaga. Kansas needs yeah. a more experienced guard, even though he's still very young, he's played a lot of minutes. So, I Mm -hmm. think that he could go over there and fit in immediately. And I think he could also fit in with Gonzaga. I think, I I just think it'll be a flip corn, flip corn, whichever one goes to the school, y'all would get the other. Absolutely. So if the Zags are getting one of those two guys
0: and they already secured Efton Reed looking ahead to next season's roster, obviously, Still, still too early to tell. Even if yeah. we know those two things, we still, we're, I'm guessing Roz Bolton's probably not coming back, but I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm guessing Julian Strother is coming back, but again, don't have a specific intel there. Drew, to me, is a legitimate toss-up to me. I think it's 50-50 yeah. at this point. Um, But based on who we think is going to be back, who might or may not be back, like, these these rumors that Gonzaga's you know that the the window's closing things like that they're they're a little overblown right like this team's still yeah, gonna be pretty darn good
1: next year. Yeah, you know, they're gonna be very good. I, I think yeah. I think those rumors are are definitely they're gonna they're gonna win their conference. I think they're mm-hmm. still gonna be a top top two three seed for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think this team's still still really well equipped. Uh, yeah. Tobias, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, for, for helping us out with some of the Efton Reed rumors, uh, getting that secured. I'm really happy that, that he's coming to campus, that you took the time to come on the show to talk about these guys. Uh, before I let you go, is there a, a place that people who are listening to the show, who maybe are not familiar with your work, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work uh, and follow you
1: along? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore bass. I'll probably be doing some player interviews with some of your favorite top 100 recruits this summer, just breaking down their games and just getting an idea of where they're going to go. I'm actually probably going to be switching jobs soon. I'll make it out of bass bomb whenever it's time, but that'll be coming out soon. So you'll see most of my work on that new platform as well. Oh, well,
0: I'm excited to hear about the new bass bomb then that's uh, coming soon. So Tobias, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, folks. We got a ton more great stuff coming this week. More interviews, more talk on Efton Reed, more talk on Dusty Stromer right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. All right. Thank you all for listening and go Zag.